in the motherfucking suburbs with it. Rah, bing, bow, bah. Hey, yo, Terry, fuck going on? Prepare yourself for some ignorant shit, nigga. Welcome to a brand new episode of Sophisticated Ignorance. Like always, you can find us at theburbsnetwork.com, which is under construction as we speak. You can also find us on social media at The Burbs Network. This is, uh, I don't know what episode this is of Sophisticated Ignorance or season two, but I do know this is the last interview I'm recording for the season. Um... You can find me at Prince underscore McFly. Drop the Y. Add the E-I. That's everywhere. We got a special guest in the building today. We got the homie Lamaria. Hey. I'm Millie Rockin. What? I got to tell the people that I'm Millie Rockin because they can't see me. So. <laughs> Where can they find you at? I don't know what we're going to talk about on this show, so don't find me yet. <laughs> Let me see first. All right. Okay. This ain't. The burbs. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta see what's going on. But um I don't know where y'all gonna be able to find this at. Uh we working on some things, but season two starts the eleventh, I think. No, I'm wrong. You don't ever know the episode number or what days the things happen. <laughs> but they always happen and we always be right, so it don't matter. It's fine. Yeah. So possibly the seventh Fresh from the Burbs, I mean, the Burbs Network is back. Uh, I'm looking at my calendar. Everything is supposed to be dropping when it's supposed to drop. I might be wrong. Um, you know, it's going to pop up on your timeline. <laughs> it's going to come out on a day. And like, it's going to be a number. We don't even know episode. when this episode is dropping. This might be the first episode. Oh. This might be the 13th episode. We don't know. But I'm really rocking again. This is the last episode of season two. Shout out to everybody who came through for an interview. Y'all are truly appreciated. My apologies on the timeline of what shit got recorded and all that shit. If you listen to my mental health episode, I don't know when that's dropping either. But all the answers are gonna be questions, will be answered on that. Once again, shout out to people who came through Burbs Weekend. We appreciate y'all. I'm glad I missed the brunch. The party, the brunch, it was all a great, you know, situation. I'm thinking about having monthly game nights here. I don't know. Yeah, it's an idea. Why not? Listen. It's getting cold. Nobody wants to go outside anymore. Bonnie's birthday is this month, so, you know, the first game night of that stretch might be on for his birthday. Um, Let's get into a sophisticated inner, uh, ignorance. How do I fuck up my own shit? You just... You just running. Listen, man. Running. You gotta walk sometimes. You gotta crawl before you walk. So, like always, the first question is, who is Lamaria Grace? Um, I am a Detroiter. I am a parent. I am a dog groomer. I am a life and wellness coach. I am a licensed counselor. But if you ask me, like, who I am, if you just, what type of person am I? I'm love, bro. I am with God. I am with the Lord. That's what I am. I'm out the way. It's just an overall question. Like, That's the answer. I am with the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> hey. I have given it up. So, um, how am I going to take this? Uh, how did you get into dog grooming? Well, I went to school to be a vet. I went to OU to be a vet, and I failed biology three times. Oakland University? Yeah. I went to OU, too. Oh, all right. Go Grizzlies. 
<laughs> Damn, we're not going to crazy. But I literally <laughs> failed biology three times and was like, yo, it's got to be a better way to do this. And I, like, found a, like, a trade school. Okay. And I just did my hours. And that's just what it was. I was like, oh, this is way, way easier. So, um, so you're a licensed groomer. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm certified. Well, it's no license in Michigan, but I'm okay. definitely certified through hours, and then I'm also certified in Florida. That's fire. It's cool. You are the first dog groomer or like animal groomer I've ever met in my life. People have said that a mi- like a million times to me, and I think that is one is dope because it's like cool when you think of dog groomer, think of me. But also, I want to have like more black people learn a trade. Like it's a dope trade. Yeah, it's simple. You don't have to stand in the one spot and do the same repetitive thing over and over again. Like, yeah. it's a really dope job. And I, it's no people to argue back and forth. I got to bring Roxy to you because, no, don't bring listen, her. this is why I have to bring her to you. We're going to come Because it's a struggle every month to clip her nails. I know. I've done it. Like. <laughs> I've seen. <laughs> I've had to go to the extreme of showing her. So, she wants to be friends with the cats. Okay. That's her goal in life. Like, cats, can you please be my friend? And the cats, one cat is kind of like, all right, you you decent. But the other cat is like, no, I'll fuck you. So what I did was. Not mad at that. Have you met Roxy? Ro- Roxy is a gentle soul, but she be wilding sometimes. No, Roxy is chaotic. <laughs> so what I did Roxy's was. Roxy's a Pokemon. <laughs> for sure, a Pokemon. <laughs> I clipped the cat's nails. Okay. And she looked at it, and then she allowed me to clip her nails. Okay. Listen, it's random when I have to clip. Like, sometimes she'll let me do it, and other times it's not. Every time I've done it, it's been chaotic. Don't touch my paws. Yeah, just don't touch me. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? We just go. Listen, clip, you, clip, clip. Sing you about your day. You can put her in the harness. Listen, I know what y'all got over there. You can put her in the harness. I'm not putting Roxy in the harness. I'm going to come over here. I'm going to sit on this couch and hold her down like I usually do. Clip, 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 clip. Listen. All right, bro. Go ahead about your day. Listen, what, is, what is your rate? For nail clipping? For for the whole shebang. Oh, it varies. We talking about just Roxy? Yeah. Oh, Roxy full service, like fifty bucks. See, I'm gonna even be nice and throw you seventy five <laughs> to do the whole shebang for Roxy, and then she come back home and she could. Listen, Roxy can live her best life however you want Roxy to live her best life. Just let me know what you need. I got you. But it's a skill. Once again, yeah, but that is like a dope skill, though. You know. Thank you. You don't hear people, you know, in that trade. It's not a lot of black people. So do you just strictly do dogs? I do cats. I've done fox. A fox? Mm-hmm. Um, I technically am trained to groom reptiles. I don't see a lot of them. Okay. I am trained to do reptiles. Um, I've done a horse before. Uh, I know how to do sheep. Okay. Yeah, it's right. It's varies. We're from we in Michigan, so it's like farm animal. Any farm animal. You're across the table. Yeah, any farm what, animal. I know how to do. I've whatever you got, do. pull up. If it got, if it has hair, right, and it doesn't require a clean lineup, I'm your guy. I don't do men because you want your shit crispy. I'm not your guy. Yeah, of course. It's not your guy for the fade. Yeah, of course. <laughs> not your guy for the Caesar. <laughs> I can I can get your afro crispy because my I'm surgical with the scissors, but I'm not the guy to fade the back. That's not. Uh, me. So when I had my depression fro, I could have came to you and got my fro. Oh yeah, I would have got you together, and then we could have yeah. like you know shaped it up real nice, took some selfies, I had worked a, on your. I had I had a bad depression fro. I saw a piece of it. Yeah, man. I, I, it was out there. I'm good now. Just put that on. I cut my hair. 
and I'm I'm back good. That's okay. I'm happy to see you. I'm back normal, man. Listen, man. I was going through it this summer, but I'm back focused. I'm glad. So I'm happy to have you back in good spirits and oh, and and like clear minded. Thank you, thank you. Um, you have this. Uh, what what do I want to call it? Uh, uh what would you call self care? Self care Sundays. Um, I would call it a community initiative, and it's funny because like you're the third person that said something about it today. People are like asking me when I'm gonna bring it back, and I'm like, "Yo, I don't know," because over the quarantine and on Friday, it's Self Care Sunday, not Friday. <laughs> Self Care Friday. Um, but like over quarantine and through the school year and through like having my own mental health journey, it was like I needed a solid team to help me do that. I was doing that all by myself. Right. And I did it by myself for like, with the help of people who were in the industry, but I yeah. did it with the help of people in the industry and by myself for like two and a half years. And then over quarantine, not being able to do in-person sessions, it was mm-hmm. like, okay, we have to get on the internet and make it a a thing that it wasn't intended to be. It was never intended to be anything more than a community initiative. Mm-hmm. It wasn't intended to be product sold. It was never intended to be um, Zoom meetings and book clubs and all of those things. It just kind of happened that way. But honestly, Self-Care Sunday is just a, it's free community therapy for people who don't know what therapy is, one, don't trust it, two, don't know how to get into it, don't know what it's for, don't know how to get started. Um, it's just a place where people can come and have open, honest conversations and see like, oh, okay, this is what, therapy might do or this is the type of healing work that I should be doing or this is the type of self-awareness that I'm missing or this is the type of things that I'm going through and I didn't even realize other people were going through it's just a space it's just a literally a safe space it's nothing more nothing less so how did you start it um I literally called my friends and was like yo y'all want to get together on Sunday and we like talk about some real stuff because I was going through grieving my brother I was also going through, like, transition in life, getting a job that was depressing. I was working in the plant. Mm-hmm. Um, going through, day, like, mundane day-to-day activity, like, is this life? Is this what it is? You just you wake up, go to work, and pay bills? Is this what it is? And it was like, okay, something is missing. And I was talking to my therapist, and she was like, well, maybe you just need to involve your community or involve your resources because it sounds like you are isolating which is what I'm doing now, too. So I guess self-awareness, we should bring it back. But it sounds like you're isolating. So I'm like, all right, bet. So I just opened up, like, a sad people place. Like, okay, if you're going through some shit or if you want to talk or if you don't want to be alone mm-hmm. or be alone in your being alone, like, yo, let's all just get together and talk about some stuff. And we started doing that, and it became very – I wouldn't say it became – like an outlet, but it definitely became like necessary to keep doing. And then I started working in mental health. I started working for a nonprofit that did um, a lot of a lot of community work, a lot of mental health work, a lot of public health work. And I started getting certifications in more educational parts of self care mm-hmm. and like life skills and ways to be able to help my community um, from a professional level. And then that took self-care Sunday to another level because I was able to say, okay, bet, this is what we talk about that we need. Okay, now I know how to provide it. Now I know how to get the people in the rooms that you might need to talk to, like grief counselors or financial advisors or, you know, um, 
finding a lot of jobs for people who have felonies or people who are reacclimating into society. Like I was able to connect the resources. Mm-hmm. So it went from just being community therapy to a full on community network of like just full on resource. Whatever you need it. Whatever you need, you can come here and get it or come here and find somebody that does it or come here and talk to somebody that does this every day. Mm-hmm. That's what it turned into. That's dope. Like uh, that phase you was talking about, like do I just go into work every day and be miserable? Yeah. 2019, 2020, that's, that was me. Yeah. And uh, run. I was having a conversation and I was saying, like, bro, 2019, 2020, I made the most money I've ever made in my life. I made over $50,000 in 2019, and I made close to $100,000 last year. And I was miserable. Miserable. Because money doesn't actually buy the happiness. Like, it was like, It can bro, buy the things that we like. Yeah. And it can pay for things that sustain our, like, security. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't actually buy the happiness. And like 2020, I finally decided to be like, you know what? And then 2020, I'm making the least amount of money on paper that I've made since I've been record probably. On paper. (laughs) 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 But this year, I've had points in my this year where I've been the happiest I've been and the longest. Now I've had my lows. Like, this summer has been terrible, especially, like, July has been, was terrible for me. So, I, why? Uh, so I went to the doctor. Okay. Maybe in, like, May. Went to the doctor. She says, you have anxiety problems. Not problems. I know the doctor didn't say you have anxiety problems. No, that's not what she said. Okay. But like, let me, let me know, talk to her. I'm rewired. language. Okay. So I had my first panic attack I ever had in my life this year. I had three of them. Uh, one after my birthday, uh, one in July, and then maybe one at the end of June or something like that. So, first time in my life ever having to deal with that. And they're back to back. Yeah. Did you know what they were? The first one I didn't. So, um, now I'm realizing why I get into the moves I get into. So, I probably have had these problems. Had anxiety for the longest. Yeah. I just never knew. Yeah, we're we're always taught to like work through. Yeah, those feelings anyway. So, July was just a bad month for me. I was just down, and then um, and I just one day I woke up like it was literally like August first, and I was like, bro, get off your bullshit. And then I did, you know, whatever I had to do. To make myself happy again. And I've been ecstatic. Like, this whole month has been amazing for me. That's good. And it's like the first time I've been truly happy in a long time. It happens like that. Yeah. It's an overnight thing sometimes. Like, it's a realization. It starts with awareness. Yeah. Once you're aware of, like, this is what's happening, then you can figure out, like, oh, this is what I need to do to, A, stop it from happening, or, B, make something else happen. And that's what I learned working in nonprofit. Like, mm-hmm. my literal job description every day was, like, helping people realize, like, okay, this is this is where you are. Mm-hmm. Now, which way do you want to go? And that was my everyday life for, like, two and a half years. Mm-hmm. And it got to be a lot because I was 
still going to work every day. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yo, this is not what I want to do. And it was also like the other end of the coin, but it was like, but if I leave these people, they're not going to have anybody. So I was balancing that. Like, how do I make sure that my people good and I'm okay? And I'm practicing and preaching self-care yeah. at the same time. So I kind of got lost in that myself. Over quarantine, when, when the quarantine started, the school year was still in. Mm-hmm. And I had to realize, like, okay, you're a full-time employee. Like, you're a full-time employee at a whole agency. Mm-hmm. You own your own company and you're working on animals on your, in your off time. And now you're a full-time teacher. So it was like all of those things happen back to back to back. And I'm like, all right. Isolate, because that's what I do. Mm-hmm. I isolate. Just I'm walking down the court, everything move out the way, and I'm paying attention to priority. Yeah. I literally lived on priority for about seven, eight, seven or eight months. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I'm not doing nothing. I'm not doing anything. I'm going to go, and I'm going to focus on my business. I'm going to make sure my son can get through school. I'm going to make sure that we have a normal summer, as normal as we can, mm-hmm. and just priority, priority, priority. I looked up, and I ain't leave the house in, like, three months. I was like, damn. I had a quarantine, bro. Mm-hmm. It was wild. And it wasn't anything in particular that I felt like something needs to change. It was like, yo, I don't have any control over this. And that feeling of not having control sent me deeper and deeper and deeper into isolation. Mm-hmm. Like, that's definitely how it was for me in July. It was like, bro. Wake up, go to work, come back home. Yeah. Make sure you eat. Make sure the dog good. Everything else, let's fuck it. Yeah, pretty like, much. I would stop caring how I dress. <laughs> what? Like that. You? Yeah. I, it was just like, bro, fuck getting a haircut. Fuck all this shit, bro. But I've I been saying stop getting my haircut. That was like in May. My barber had got a job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My barber started working at the plant. So then I'm like, man, this nigga is tripping. That's funny. Yeah. I've been saying stop getting a haircut because yeah. my barber got a job. Yeah. It's funny as fuck. That's the name of the episode. <laughs> but yeah. No, I feel you. I mean, it's it's like if you're looking at a piece of paper and your objective is to write down the most important thing of the day, the list is not going to be long. Mm-hmm. So it was like me and my list every day was like, okay, brush your teeth. Eat, feed the kid, mm-hmm. go to work. If you could do all of those things in a day, your life doesn't change. It doesn't change for the better or for the worse. Mm-hmm. And with everything that was happening, like, around us, I couldn't do any more change. Like, that pandemic took people. Mm-hmm. It took, um, actually, I ended up losing my job in November after being an essential worker for, like, the whole first part of the quarantine. I ended up mm-hmm. losing my job in November because it's like, I can't come in. You want us to come back into the office? My kid cannot come in here. How how does that work? Yeah. So from November to today, I literally was like, okay, bet. I figured out how to sustain my entire life better than I did when I had a job, one, and continue to build my business and make sure that my son has, like, a, a steady stay-at-home parent. Mm-hmm. Like, my flexible schedule, all those things I had to create because quarantine pretty much forced me to. Mm-hmm. And all that change was like, yo, what? Mm-hmm. Life was, I was Mr. Krabs in the blender. It was like change after change after change after death after death after death. And then, you know, I live with a chronic illness. And it's just like stress after stress after stress. I can't get sick. Mm-hmm. So just it was just balancing. I'm juggling 
bowling pins and tennis balls and all types of shit. Mm-hmm. You don't got time to have anxiety. You don't have time to be depressed. You don't have time to be sad. You don't have time to complain. You don't have time to vent or anything. So I get it. Like, I understand. But I couldn't, I couldn't keep on doing case management, and I was living that life. Right. And I could not keep on doing self-care Sunday, and I was living that life. Right. Because it's like, it's just me out here. Mm-hmm. I can talk to y'all all day about the problems, but I'm the one responsible to bring the education and to bring the resource. Mm-hmm. I got to go take care of self. I got to go take care of the house. I got to go take care of my life and then bring it back when things make sense again, which will probably be soon because things are starting to make sense again. <laughs> That's how I feel about bringing the Burbs Network back. For the first two years of uh, for me running the Burbs Network, that was all I was focused on. It was like, listen – Get these numbers, you get these numbers, you know, bigger shit can happen. Yeah. So that's was my goal for the first two years. Like, nigga, we not missing episodes. If niggas not showing up for episodes, we're still gonna put this shit out. Yep. Nigga, I'm gonna make sure something comes like that was my focus first two years. And then I burnt myself out. It was to the point where I hated coming in having <laughs> having to do the podcast. It was just like, all right, if you niggas don't wanna do the shit, well fuck it. So last year, March, I was over it. I was out. Like, niggas, it is what it is. If y'all niggas want to continue to do it, y'all can. I personally can't do it no more. So then, uh, having thoughts like that, because this is my baby at the end of the day. It's, it's burnout. My, it's literally you know? burnout. So my thing was coming into this year was work on yourself. You, we know how to run a podcast network somewhat. You feel me? We might not have 100% <laughs> of the shit down pat. We got pat. the fundamentals down. We got 70, 75% <laughs> done. That other 25% professionalism and all that shit, we don't really got. Know but, what number the episode <laughs> is? Not important. Yeah. But <laughs> we could figure that 25%. Know what show we doing today? <laughs> Whatever. That 25% could get figured out. Yeah. So my thing was make sure you good, bro. Because if you're not good, you have you still have to take care of your little brother to make sure he good through life. You feel right. what I'm saying? I still got a little sister. I still got a pops. You feel what I'm saying? Even though our relationship ain't a hundred, I still got a pops to make sure he good. I have to make sure to navigate this is good. Yeah, like that had a household shit hit different when you had a household. Yeah, so it's just like, bro. If you go down, everything, everything goes is, down. is out of here. So and that's, that thought was like keeping me. I, I guess it was like scared, low key. It was keeping me in fear of like, okay, you can't stop. You mm-hmm. cannot. You cannot stop because if you stop, everything stops. Mm-hmm. Even even shit that doesn't directly involve me will stop. Yeah. I'm like, yo, the pressure. So yeah, with me. You know, taking care of myself, the network falters. So this year we had a bad year at the network. I'm not afraid to say that, but I wouldn't say it was a bad year. It was definitely different. Yeah, I wouldn't say anything that happened over the past year and a half, two years was bad. It was just uncomfortable. Yeah. So, but I'm learning how to to make sure I am good, and then still. Give my 100% to the network. Right, because you can't pour from an empty cup. So, them first two years, 
I was putting everything in the network. Like, my happiness was going into the network. This was made me happy. So all the other, going to work every day, I didn't care about that. Because <laughs> when I got home, I'm doing something that makes me happy. So now it's just like, okay, yes, I'm figuring out new ways to make myself happy, but I still love this. And I'm going to make make sure this still grows and probably continue on. You just had to assess it from a different perspective. Yeah. I definitely felt that way with a lot of the things that I was doing. Like, I've been managing people and working behind the scenes on a lot of people's projects for years. Mm -hmm. And I literally had to, like, sit down and call everybody, like, I can no longer work here. I can no longer work on this. I no longer have the availability for X or Y or the capacity for X or Y. Mm -hmm. Because I had to take a second to assess it. Like, okay, if I'm going to keep running on fumes to make sure everybody else is straight, I'm going to keep depleting myself and keep depleting myself. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that's honestly just what happened. Just depleted, like I depleted myself to nothing. Yeah. And then the last time I got really sick, I had to sit in the hospital by myself and really assess, like, if you, if, if you get sick again, you're not coming home. Like I was having conversations with my family, like preparation conversations. And then my mom is having those conversations with us too. So it's like, all right, bet if if two heads go down, this is what you gotta do. This is mm-hmm. the paper. Like we was literally having those conversations. And I had to sit in that room by myself, like, are you ready to give it up? No. Yeah. Not not ready. Yeah. So it's a lot of it's a lot of like self awareness pressure on myself and then also like what do I do it for once I answered the question of like what do I do this for is it is it for me or is it for other people I had to stop doing everything for other people that's real cut it completely off I had a mental breakdown I had to grieve everything mm-hmm. all my favorite clients grieved my crib, I had to move, grieving mm-hmm. the crib. People were dying, grieving people. People who are still alive, can't fuck with no more, grieving people. Like, I had to let all of it go and be okay with it. So, what's next? For me? Yes. I'm finally believing that I don't need a nine to five or a supplemental income anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I've been living for so long without one at this point. I'm like, yo, you don't have to overextend. Like you don't have to hustle and have 30,000 streams of income from different places. Mm-hmm. So honestly, next for me is just continuing to build my brand um, and continuing to practice grooming because like not for nothing, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of things that I want to do with, like, the skill itself, like going to trade shows and really showcasing what I know how to do because I'm very good at a lot of the higher-end skill. I just don't practice it much. Mm-hmm. In the city, don't do a lot of <laughs> don't do a lot of creative grooming. Yeah. They just shave their balls. <laughs> Listen, give them a haircut. Yeah, give them a haircut. Like, make, them look, make them look good. And I'm like, all right, bro. Um, but I really want to showcase that I know how to do, like, very high-end skilled trade grooming like mm-hmm. very high-end creative grooming um but also find another way in the the animal medical field mm-hmm. to expand my skills because I never went back to school I just like I I've been working since I was 13 really but when I left college I was like 19 and it was like okay if you don't go to school you get a job that's the alternative and I just been working 
since then. I worked my way up in companies that ended up closing down. I worked my way up in companies that ended up letting me go years into working my way up. Mm -hmm. So at this point, I'm like, okay, you're the boss of your own company. You have the ability to hire people and give people jobs. What are you going to do with that? So my main focus for the next 24 months is to just keep building that and keep adding to my skill set so that I'm able to provide other people with skills. Because, uh-huh. like you said, it's not a lot of people you know that know how to do it. Mm-hmm. Bro, people going to keep buying dogs. Forever. Forever. Yeah. The the job is, is necessary. Like, mm-hmm. it's going to continue to be necessary. So when I'm not able to do it. Right, and if I'm not able to do it, the next thing to do, I'm I'm a teacher by default anyway, the next thing to do is to teach the skill to other people. So right now I'm just building the skill up more so I'm able to teach it to other people. I don't know what I'm going to do with this certification and all the, like, all the things that I've learned for mental health counseling um, cause I, because I still do work with agencies. I mm-hmm. still do work with DPS. I still do work with the YMCA. But it's like I don't want to focus that. That's not my 100% main objective anymore. I was doing that because I thought I needed a career mm-hmm. outside of what I actually wanted to do. It's now I kind of switched it. Like my career is not my hobby, and my hobby is not my career. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I finally found a job that I love. <laughs> it works. It works for you. Listen, you know, the pay ain't, you know, up to par where I was at, but. That shit kind of, that shit kind of made me look at life different. Because I was making so much money working for the city. Mm-hmm. That I was like, okay, bet. Like, just settle and take the benefits and take the hourly and take the overtime because this is what gets you. X, Y, or Z in the long run. Mm-hmm. And then when all that shit fell from under me and I'm like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Scramble, scramble, scramble. I'm like, yo, what do you, what what would anybody do if the dream deflates? You go back to the fundamentals. Yeah. What works? You go back to what works. And when you realize what works will always work, mm-hmm. you kind of, I just kind of like lost the fear of it. But when I looked at like my bank statement, it was like on paper. Where is this money at? Where is all this money that used to make me so happy and all of this money that used to buy all these things that I thought I needed? I completely went minimalistic. And I didn't even intend to. Because mm-hmm. my life doesn't have to change at all. Yeah, I low-key make more money than I did when I was working. I low-key make more money than I did when I was working for the state. However, it's all on me. Yeah, Like, if I don't go to work, I don't eat. So mm-hmm. it's like the way that I spent my money changed. The way yeah. that I saved my money changed. The way that I used money to make more money changed. Because it's like, yo, it don't matter if you call in sick. You're not getting that check on Friday. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to move different. You yeah. got to do things different. I 100% feel that. Like and You got to pay taxes. Like, yo. <laughs> like, you know, I can. That's different. I could put my hands on a few things and move them. And, and make sure I'm good for, you know, a certain amount of time. But like you say. If I decide not to go to work that day. Yeah. You know. so it's like it's playing more chess. Yeah. And it's, it slowed me down a little bit, too, which was also a good thing because I was able to assess the situation for what it was and not say, well, I just need some bread real quick, so I'm about to go hustle. Mm-hmm. It's not a hustle anymore. It's literally the lifestyle. Yeah. 
because for years prior to that, like you asked me who I was, if you asked me who I was two years ago, you would have got a different answer because my lifestyle was different. It was an identity connected to what I did. Mm -hmm. There's no identity connected to what I do anymore. And that's the ironic part about it is if you hear, the, if you hear my name or if you hear my, uh, my business name, I'm usually the only people per person that people think about. Mm -hmm. So it's like I no longer have that identity connected to the career, but it's creating yourself. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to do anything extra. When it was all about mental health and public health and community organizing and being the, the face of this brand or the face of that brand or the manager for this person, it was like you have to explain all of these things. It just got tiring because is that who I am? No. Like, I'm me. I'm with the Lord, bro. <laughs> I'm just me. Like, I don't need to do all that explaining. I just wake up every day now and do what actually makes me happy or do what I love to do. And because of that, more opportunities come. More places and spaces want you to be around because of, like, the ability to be who you are without having to be connected to something else. Yeah. Man, sometimes I when I have someone off day, I be like, man, I should just go up there. I miss them guys. Yo, I was feeling like shit this morning, and I literally was like, I'm about to go to work. I just made just made a couple phone calls. Like, I just want to be around some dogs today. Yeah. Like, I honestly, I truly enjoy being around the people I work with. It's fun every time we in there, unless we get cussed out by Ro. But that's usually our fault. But. <laughs> 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 but it, it's just a, a wonderful time And I'm never leaving like Man, fuck this job Yeah, like And I have conversations with people all the time And it's like You get bit Or you get like peed on Or you gotta clean this up Or do dogs do X Or do dogs do Y I'm like, yes However I've never left the shop Out of what? The seven years I've ever worked in the shop, I've never left the shop. I'm like, I hate this job. Mm -hmm. Never. And my other job, it was fuck this job. Every day. Every day. <laughs> Every day it was fuck this job. I would learn how to say that in different languages. I hated it. I'm the type of person that, well, I learned to be the type of person when I dropped out of school to not do anything you're good at for free. The day that I got a job and the day that I was able to say, oh, okay, I just learned how to do this skill, mm -hmm. I'm, not, I'm not doing it for free. The only thing that I would do for free was groom dogs. The only thing that I would do for free was go out of my way to expand on educational things for people who may or may not didn't know it. Mm -hmm. But I'm, I'm really big on if you're going to pay me if I'm good at something. I got a job that I never thought would be a career path. I ended up staying there for two years and was the best at it. I was literally being told by multiple people, multiple agencies, multiple high, higher up corporate heads of companies. Oh, you're the you're the best I've seen at X. You're the best I've seen at Y. You're the best I've seen that that have come that have come from this program. And I'm like, all right, then I'm supposed to be doing this. Nah, I'm good at a lot of shit. I don't want to do. And I had to get away from the notion of, like, using all of these things that you're good at to mm -hmm. get paid. Yeah. Like, bro, that's you're running in a rat race. Like, bro, somebody, uh, so I was a high-low driver. Well, I had my high-low license at my old job. So when, uh, you know, everything opened back up, I had a job opportunity to make $22 an hour driving a high-low. And I was like, bro, I'm never going to another factory again. Mentally, I can't do it, bro. I can't let, have a job tell me, hey, 
we need you here seven days a week, 12 hours. I can't do it, bro. <laughs> I remember when I got, when I was working at four and I got off the line to drive the high low. I was like, oh, I made it. I'm off the line. Mm-hmm. Bro, what? That's the most depressing. It was more depressing on the high low. Now you got to go outside? You- <laughs> <laughs> they don't care if it's raining. <laughs> they don't care if it's snowing. The now what? y'all have to go outside? Put me back on the line. It was like you could like I could never get satisfaction yeah. from it. And then when I was working for the city, it was like one one. And I think this is the most ironic thing ever, and I laugh about it all the time. I'm working for one of the only black owned agencies that did the type of work that we did. And I was put under the only white supervisor, project manager. I was put on <laughs> the un- only only one I was put under her. And the whole concept of my position was to go into the community to bridge gaps between the community and what you may know versus what these white people have for you that you mm. may not know about. That was literally my job. I could not win for losing. It didn't matter who told me I was the best at it. It didn't matter who told me that, oh, you did a great job. Shorty said, you suck every week. It didn't matter. That review came, you suck every week. So it's like, yo. I can't feel comfortable working with my own people. I can't feel comfortable working in a quote-unquote great job because from the Midwest, like, the plant job is the greatest job. You feel me? I don't feel comfortable working at Coney. Like, I just don't feel comfortable. So when I got to a position to where I was helping other people become CEOs of their own company, Mm -hmm. I wasn't practicing what I was preaching with that. I wasn't practicing what I was preaching with Self Care Sunday. I wasn't practicing what I was preaching with connecting people to resources. Like, I'm literally connected to probably millions and millions of dollars of resources. I wasn't even taking that to build myself. I wasn't Mm -hmm. taking that to build my own company. I wasn't taking it to build my friends' companies. So it was like, you're just wasting talent. You're wasting time. Mm -hmm. You're wasting money. You're wasting precious days, like, because honestly, after after last year, I didn't know how many days I had left. Like, you're wasting days of your life that you don't even know if you're going to have anymore. So when everything started to change, when I had to sit through all the grief and sit through all the awareness and sit through all the, what are you going to do with yourself? I had to come to the realization, like, these things are happening for me and not to me because I could always go back to the plant and be miserable. Yeah. My moment of clarity was my mom died. So she was working at home when she died. And her job didn't do nothing but send two gift cards for a thousand dollars and some flowers. This lady gave y'all eighty hours a week. And this was your thank you. Here, oh. What y'all need? Some gift cards? Oh, and here go the rest of her shit in a box. We gonna FedEx that to y'all. And I was like, all right. Rockwell will never get that out of me. I'm I'm, I'm risking my life every day. Yeah. On this mountain, all this potassium and calcium is going. I shouldn't have this much calcium, potassium, and magnesium going into my body. I'm inhaling it all day. No, I'm not about to kill myself, bro. Yeah. Y- y'all will never get that out of me. And also, I have a supervisor 
who has been trying to get me fired for three years. Yeah, I literally felt like that every day. So, <laughs> every week I felt like that. So, you know what? <laughs> Fuck y'all. I'm not going to tell y'all when I'm going to leave. I'm just not going to show up one day. That part. And y'all going to be fucked up. That part. I literally, I checked out. I told them, though. I did mention it. Because when you work in a field of public and mental health, you kind of feel obligated to be like, yo, this is a mental health reason. Mm-hmm. But I did check out, and I'm like, yo, I don't think y'all understand that I'm giving you everything that I have to give you, and I'm constantly being told that it's not enough, so I'm going to take everything I got and go put it into something that's going to reward me for it, Mm -hmm. whether it works here or it doesn't work here. And the good thing about 2020, 2021, you really saw a change in, like, people – who wanted to work versus who didn't want to work. Mm -hmm. My work ethic is crazy high. And when I ever, like, if I ever have a task to do, I go above and beyond to make sure that the task is complete. Yeah. I saw who replaced me at the job. Sucks to be all. I'm sure that didn't last long either. I haven't checked back, but I'm sure that didn't last long either. Mm -hmm. So it kind of just kind of, it kind of validated my decision making. Like, yo, you're going to give 100% or at the time 85% to someone else's goals and mission and you're not getting anything for it, like Mm -hmm. outside of a paycheck. Like outside of a paycheck, what are you getting for it? How does this help you mentally? How does it help you spiritually? How does it help you environmentally? How does it help you socially, socioeconomically? Like how is it helping you outside of just paying your bills every month because it's a thousand ways to make a dollar. Yeah. It's just got oh. Right, so right, right. I can definitely sit here today and be like, yo, I was wilding out the beginning of quarantine because everybody was scrambling and I was secure. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, oh, my ego was inflated because I was secure. Mm-hmm. As soon as that security was gone, I went through the same transformation that a lot of people were going through in the beginning when they lost jobs and there was no money and it was everybody's on unemployment. I went through the same transition. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn, what you going to do now? Like, you humble. What you going to do now? Fundamentals. Because can't nobody out hustle me. And that's the mindset that I had to have. I'm still on unemployment. They won't give me nothing. Yeah. They won't give me anything. Though. I'm just trying to. Ate that bridge card up though. I ain't gonna lie. I'm waiting for them to verify my identity again so they can give me the rest of my money. Maybe plan, bro. My job is actually paying me unemployment. Rockwell is paying me unemployment. They're supposed to. I walked out. They're supposed to. Whatever the last company you worked for, right? I don't know exactly how it works. So how it's supposed to? If you like they, just they quit on the spot, you quit. You made that decision. They won't give you. They ain't supposed to give it to you. But, you know, sh- shout out to whoever was over there. It's you know what I mean? Shout out to the people at the UIA. Shout out to the people who signed that paperwork. Like, yeah, we pay unemployment. I went through the process. Like, I applied yeah. for the loans and the, the PPPs and all that shit. Nah. Yeah. I, I They gave me a figure for the PPP loan. And I was like, I'm not paying this back to y'all. So, no, I'm not going to take ways, the money. I heard it was ways around it. It... Once again, but I was like, bro. They, get, they show, they, like, email me a number, too, and I'm like, all right, bet. Because my whole thing was like, I'm taking this loan to sustain. Yeah. Like, you give me a loan, bet, I sustain until I figure out another career. That was mm-hmm. really my mindset at first. Like, all right, bet, I get another job. Mm-hmm. Man, life was like, no. Nah. 
you have to learn how to make it on your own. Like you have to learn how to make it with what you want to do, because that's that's the only option. So, so if you listening, PPP people, you can send that email listen, back. I take it. Pull it back up. Yeah, and like let me know what's going on. Listen. <laughs> Let me know. I ain't about to say what I was about to say. But Step on me. We can make some alterations in that paperwork. <laughs> I know people who was getting ridiculous amounts. Yo, I had to assess like who I was cool with off that shit. Like, cause when people don't have money, like when people all in the same boat, you can be very, very close to people. Mm-hmm. Like you could starve with niggas forever. Mm-hmm. And y'all be family, blood, whatever. But as soon as somebody gets some cheese and not, like maybe, maybe never had it before or don't know how to allocate or don't know how to be, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but like don't know how to be cool about the shit, like don't know how to have an inflated ego about it, you really start seeing people for who they may really be. Because it's characteristics and then it's habits. Like if you just got bad habits, the niggas got bad habits. You could change that. But if your character is flawed, then that shit comes out when – when you're back against the wall or when you up as hell. When I, when you buy some buffs and buy a charger, you're like, oh, fuck you. Bruh, and I had to go through a, I had to go through not talking about it because, like, I got fucked up on my birthday. and was on Instagram just talking too much and, like, telling niggas. Like, call, you know how you get drunk, you call everybody like, oh, I love you, bro. Mm-hmm. I did that shit on Instagram. I was calling everybody on Instagram. <laughs> like, I love you, dog, because, because I was finally happy. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't because of any other reason outside of, like, I went through it all last year and nobody even knew. Mm-hmm. I was on my knuckles for months and nobody even knew because niggas don't really fuck with me like I thought they did. Mm-hmm. So for my birthday, I'm like, fuck it. I'm feeling good. I'm not sick this month. I'm about to go out of town. I'm about to do X. I'm about to do Y. Got high as hell calling on my friends that actually, that I believe fuck with me. And I'm like, oh, I love you this. I love you that. Talking and telling them plans and all these things. And you really find out, like, who with you and who not with you. I came back home and shut all that shit back down. Like, okay, back in isolation because I got disappointed. Mm-hmm. And that shit started mm, in the May, June. I'm going to keep being locked down since then because I have a very hard time trusting of people. And I'm in a position now to where, like I said, like, I'm able to provide jobs for my community like i'm able mm-hmm. to like teach children a trade i'm able to put my stamp on the city in the way that i actually want to not to say that self-care sunday wasn't something that i wanted to do mm-hmm. but let's just be clear it wasn't my passion it was i was i'm passionate about it but it wasn't yeah. my passion so coming out of summer and going back into school year and regular quote-unquote regularly scheduled program because life is going back to quote-unquote normal mm-hmm. i'm like let me just ease my way back into society and not be so egotistical about it because happiness and ego kind of go hand in hand with me and i had to be aware of that like when i'm up and i'm happy and i'm moving around everybody got to know and that's not always true when you're in a situation where everybody not good <laughs> Like, when I'm not good, I go inside. I go mm-hmm. inward. But when everybody not good and you, you, you're you great, like, that feeling of uncomfortability or not knowing who out for you, like, like I got ops type shit. Like, I'm not about to be walking around like that. So I needed to chill and I need to humble myself and realize, like, okay, if you're going to do these things, it's because you want to do them. If you want to live this lifestyle, it's just because you want to live it. Like, I had a conversation with my mom because we're prepared, like, we're, 
preparing. You know what I'm saying? And it's like grief is something that never stops. It never goes away. It's just phases and phases and phases. Mm-hmm. And she was telling me, like, when you're grieving about multiple things at once, of course you're going to focus on the things that make you happy. Of course you're going to overly excite and be overwhelmed by the things that are not sad and not mm-hmm. stressful. And what I was told was just feel the feelings. I don't have to talk about them, you know, outside of my therapist or my family. Like, I don't mm-hmm. have to talk about them to so many people when at the end of the day, I don't know who's with me and who's not. Yeah. Because the people that's with me, I'm, I've been losing them. Mm-hmm. And that shit, like, it didn't change my everyday life, but, like, the, the feeling of pain and the feeling of grief definitely changes the way that my happiness works. Because I have a lot of, like, survivor's remorse with a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And I try not to brag or, like, be overly excited around people that I came up with or worked on X with 10 years ago or my family that I don't speak to. Like, I had to learn how to just be cool with things, how to just be grateful about what I have versus what I don't have and not compare my life to other people's and just mm-hmm. focus on what's mine and be grateful for it. And my mom had to really break that shit down to me because, it's like, niggas be scared, and I'm niggas. Like, at any given day, all this shit can fall. Mm-hmm. So because of that, I'm constantly running on survival, constantly running on survival, and you get kind of lost in it. Like we were talking about earlier, like you get lost in going to work and coming home and paying the bills and chilling and all these things. I had a situation with my, when my lease was up a couple of months ago, I'm ready to sign another one because I'm mm-hmm. comfortable in my space. But the universe has something better for me. And I had to go through a very hard transition of like moving okay. all my shit, getting broke in the move, having to get up like new beds, new dressers, like everything that you quote unquote, maybe not prepared for it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you. I don't know about who's listening, but in the quarantine, when it first happened before, um, what was that? Like 20, like 2020, right after I lost my job where there were, there was no income because mm-hmm. I didn't realize like, okay, go back to the hustle. I wasn't there yet. Mentally. I didn't mm-hmm. get back in the shop. There was no income. And it was like, all right, we about to exhaust this savings. That's what you have a savings for. Man, that savings was gone so fast yeah. after bills and car notes and shit. Yeah. I was like, what did I save all that money for? Gone. I had to get over that. I had to get over being broke again. Like, liquid broke is trash. I had mm-hmm. to live through that. I had to go back to building my savings back up, which I'm still doing now. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a day-to-day, like, goal of money. I have a day-to-day goal of what not to spend because, mm-hmm. shit, you know me. I'll go in the mall and go crazy. I'll come to Burn River any day. You'll buy Midnight Club on, just, on Amazon for $150. I'll buy video games that cost $150 <laughs> for a PlayStation that I'm probably going to play once. Like, I do stuff like that because I, I was – Because, like, my money management habits were so used to being, oh, I get a check Friday. Oh, I get a check Friday. Yeah. Oh, I get a check Friday. And that hustle mentality is the same. It's like, oh, spin it, get it right back. Spin it, get it right back. Mm-hmm. But when I'm the boss of it and I start to think like, I had to start to think that I'm my only employee. I had to start mm-hmm. thinking like that first. And I just started paying myself like an employee and moving money like I'm an employee of the company mm-hmm. and learning about taxes and learning about write-offs and learning about corporations versus LLCs and doing all this learning. Mm-hmm. 
it changed the whole it changed my whole game. I'm really not the same person that I was last year. I'm not buying Midnight Club for, for $150. That's not going to happen. And it's not because I don't have it. It's because that's fucking stupid. And you a hoe for not telling me that's that was dumb. <laughs> what can I tell a person like, nigga? I fuck with, listen, I bought a, a PS3. <laughs> I bought a PS3 and uh and NCAA 2014. While having a PS5. Yeah, I had the license. It's stupid, but. I realized how stupid those decisions were. I be needing that in my life at a certain point in time. Yo, it came in handy. I ain't going to lie. I definitely never changed my shoe habit. I'm yeah. working on it. I, I've I've had this conversation with myself that that would never change. Yeah. I'm going to continue to it's buy shoes. Uh, it is what it is. I will go broke buying shoes. Like, it's, it's a bad it's a bad habit, but it's a habit I'm willing to live with. You feel what I'm saying? It's I don't, one of my most extreme vices. I don't. I don't do. Uh, I don't drink that much. I drink for, to celebrate, but other than that, I don't drink. I don't do drugs. Uh, that's my vice. At the end of the day, I I will never get. I can't get out of it. If I get out of it, I'm I'm sad. Yo, yo, for real. I go through November without buying shoes, just on some discipline shit. But like, I can stop buying clothes and all that shit because I, I got. It's, I, I need it. <laughs> it's gonna sound crazy after everything we just said, but I need it for happiness. Yeah. It's a happiness thing. Like it's strictly the happiness, for happiness that I got. I need the dopamine loop. <laughs> the ha- the happiness I got when my mama bought me a pair of new Jordans when I was in the third grade. I still get when I put on a pair of new shoes. Every pair of new shoes I buy. I definitely, I definitely equate the fact that I was not the kid who had all the new shoes, mm-hmm. and like a layaway kid, and oh, I don't got it, or we gotta wait, or mm-hmm. missing drops, and all that shit. Or my mom was definitely like, oh, they killing people for these. I'm not buying you this. Like I was definitely that kid being told that shit. So when I was 13 and I got my first job and I bought my own first pair of shoes, like that's the loop I get. Mm-hmm. Like oh. It's control. Yeah, it's literally control, and I'm working on it. Maybe I'm, maybe next year we'll do a uh, another interview. And I'm like, all right, I kicked my shoe habit. But even through my minimalistic journey that I've been on for like the past year or so, and I ask myself like, eh, is it a need versus a want? Shoes are a need. They just a need. It's two things I will <laughs> forever need. need. I will forever need new shoes, and I work in the shoe industry, so yeah, I'm, I see them every day. Yeah, so you're around it every day for sure. So I need new shoes, and That's I, why I don't come up there no more. I can't just come chill with y'all because it's like, damn, let me get them. And I need those. a new iPhone every year. <laughs> I feel you on the iPhone. I need those two things. I'm not. I can live with everything. Else. That PS5 can go. Like somebody can come steal it today, and I'll probably be like, damn, I miss it sometimes. But I, w- I went through a bunch of my stuff. And, like, sold it, too, to, like, make myself feel better about getting new stuff. Because mm-hmm. I literally sat with, like, 100 pair of shoes that wasn't getting worn. And not for nothing. It wasn't like they was fresh, dead stock, in a box. Type. It was mm-hmm. like, yo, y'all got to go so I can get some new shit. And I went through, like, making myself believe, like, that was that was the way to make myself feel less guilty about getting new shoes. Like, nah, I'm just going to do it anyway. You're going to do it regardless. And then I have a kid too, so it's like, oh shit, I ain't get these when I was your age. I'm about to get you these. Oh damn, these came out when I was your age. I'm about to do that. And 
I'm working on it, though. I don't believe it's a good habit for me to have because it's still impulsive. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my character traits that I quote unquote don't like or want to change and better myself with mm-hmm. come with being impulsive. I'm very impatient for a lot of things. Yes. So in my lifetime, I have made decisions off impulse and being impatient and they weren't the best decisions. Mm-hmm. So over time, being aware of that, I can like I can slow down and look and say, okay, well, let's assess this. Let's pro and con it. Let's make a plan. Let's do X. Let's do Y. Let's do Z. And not to say, like, I shouldn't reward myself for being disciplined or whatever, but I also look at buying shoes or buying clothes or being impulsive as a reward system. And I'm literally working on changing the way that I view that because it's not like this, this shit is not necessary. You want to know what's necessary? Making sure my kid doesn't have to pay for school. Because if I didn't have to pay for school, I probably would still be, like, I, I probably would have graduated. Mm-hmm. Like, making sure that he has outlets that's not watching TV all day. Because over quarantine, I realized how addicted to technology we are. Mm-hmm. Making sure that our eating habits aren't as shitty as they were when we was, like, leaving school at 6 o'clock and running through McDonald's drive-thru. All that changed when I was able to sit and have time. Mm -hmm. Like, having time really showed me, like, oh, these things, you don't actually like them. Why are you doing it? So, I'm I'm not mad at quarantine. I'm not mad at the pandemic for uh, allowing me to have time. Yeah. I actually appreciate it. Now, the rest of the bullshit that came with it, I got beef. Honestly, uh, I think the mental health I was able to gain <laughs> saved my life for real, for real. Just on how my outlook on life. Yeah, I probably still be working at Rockwell. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I'll probably still be man doing bullshit with my money. Well, let me take that back. I still do bullshit with my money, but <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely still be in a, a mindset of a fear. I definitely would probably still be working for the city. Um, I would definitely still have way too much on my plate and masking it as I'm hustling, I'm hustling, I'm hustling. Mm -hmm. I would definitely still be extremely impatient and most likely doing bullshit with my money. And not for nothing, being able to sustain my lifestyle without a quote-unquote nine-to-five, it feels empowering. However, I'm also just not used to it yet. So I still have days where I wake up and I'm like, dog, you should just apply for some shit. Like, you have the resume Mm -hmm. to apply for whatever you want to do in whatever field, pretty much, like, that you want to do it in. And if you don't have the education, like, I'm very great at school. I can go and get certifications easy. Which is why I don't understand why I kept failing biology. Neither here nor there. But I also have the angel on the other side, like, yo, if you're going to believe in yourself, then believe in yourself. You've been teaching other people how to do it for years. Like, I've literally made entrepreneurs and, like, aided and helped in the development of a lot of people's companies and never once looked in the mirror and was like, yo, do this for yourself. Because of all, like, all of the fear of leaving other people behind. And the first thing about Self-Care Sunday is self. Like, I had to look at myself and, like, bet on myself. Mm-hmm. So, before we get up out of here, 
Top five Coney Islands in the city. Which city? Detroit. El George is on 6th and Schaefer. Grandy's on 75 and Holbrook. Nikki D's on Livinois. Nikki D's on Davidson. <laughs> <laughs> Universal on Grand River. That's five. That's five. On that note, we are we're gone. Hey, peace. Uh, you can find us at theburbsnetwork.com. New website coming soon. I'm happy. Uh, I'm happy that you're back in the the swing of it all. I'm happy that the mental space is definitely back to perform podcasting at a higher level because yeah. I remember the plans. We used to have a lot of talks about the plans. Listen, the plans are back in full force. Even if I got to be on six podcasts, you niggas going to hear me six different times. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. At this, like, I'm not going to stop the show because people from the outside don't want to do it. You feel what I'm saying? It is what it is. It is what it is. That's literally the mindset that we have to have. So if it, you don't believe in you, nigga, who gonna believe in you? Yeah, so y'all might be hearing me on six podcasts. Well shit, I'm on two now. We never know. But um I need an award for most reliable podcast uh castmates. I don't know, man. You've been fired twice. I've been fired from the other show. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't got shit to do with this show. And the only reason I got fired is because y'all niggas had a weird schedule. <laughs> Our schedule was terrible. Our schedule was just weird. But you can find me at Prince underscore McFly. Drop the Y at the EI. Would you like to let, let them know your IG this time? Yeah, I'm Lamaria Grace on everything. I'm back in the swing of things. Summer's over. We back to the bullshit. Yeah. And on that note, we are out. Thank y'all. I love you all. Goodbye. <laughs> you end all the shows the same. <laughs>